0: Good morning, good afternoon, whatever it is for you. I hope you are having a fantastic day. My name is Zach Schomler. This is Strong Opinion Sports. Thank you so very much for tuning in. Today is Wednesday, January 31st, and I am so fired up to be here today. Oh, I'm, ah, I'm excited. I'm, oh, I'm wearing my favorite shirt, actually. It's not this weird purple color. I'm just excited to talk about the sports today. It's been a long day. Um, I made a video for the dean of my college today. That was pretty cool, kind of exciting. Um, Sadly, I had a guest planned for today. Lara Schick will not be on the podcast. She got sick. She'll hopefully be on uh, the podcast on Friday. But man, I'm excited. It's really been a great day. I've had a great week. Um, I kind of had a little mantra that helped me out all week. I I have a thing I've been saying. Hard work, preparation, attitude, and effort. Those are the four things you can always control. And that is just really kind of skyrocketed me and helped me a lot this week. I wanted to share that with you guys because it just meant a lot to me and it's really helped me. Um, I want to start with this. The obvious big story of the day is the Alex Smith trade. Um, So I want to talk about Alex Smith, the Chiefs quarterback, was just traded from the Kansas City Chiefs to the Washington Redskins. And everybody wants to talk about uh, the Redskins and is this good for the Redskins? And they're talking about Kirk Cousins. What what does this do for Kirk Cousins? I want to talk about the Chiefs. I I am fascinated and interested in how this affects the Kansas City Chiefs. I said a, uh, a while ago, maybe two weeks ago, three weeks ago, that whatever happens with Alex Smith, we would learn a lot about the Kansas City Chiefs. And we would learn a lot about the Kansas City Chiefs backup quarterback, Patrick Mahomes. And when I heard that Alex Smith was traded to the Kansas City Chiefs, this is where my head went. This is what I thought of. Picture this. Close your eyes. If you're, not if you're driving. If you're driving, please do not close your eyes. But if you're watching, close your eyes and picture this. You are at a high school dance. It's your senior prom. And you've had a crush on this girl your entire life. All your whole life you thought of, I just want to talk to this girl. And it's your high school prom. There's three songs left. It's now or never. So you want to go ask this girl if she will dance with you. And the the clock is ticking. It's it's time. If you don't ask her right now to dance with you, it's not going to happen. You missed your chance. It's now or never. If you don't do it right now, if you don't go up to the girl you've had a crush on your entire life right now and ask her to dance, you're going to miss your opportunity because there's three songs left. The dance is about to end. That is what I think of when I think about the Kansas City Chiefs trading Alex Smith. Do not miss your opportunity. The Kansas City Chiefs have an incredible opportunity roster a Super Bowl capable roster a, a, a roster capable of winning a Super Bowl they are loaded they had the best roster in the entire NFL last season and they lost in the first round of the playoffs in fact they barely even made the playoffs here's what I think happened the Kansas City Chiefs realized we love Alex Smith but we want to win a Super Bowl and Alex Smith is not going to help us win a Super Bowl it's not going to happen So they drafted Patrick Mahomes last year in the first round of the NFL draft. And Patrick Mahomes may not deliver. Patrick Mahomes, the backup quarterback who was a rookie last season for the Kansas City Chiefs, he's going to replace Alex Smith as the Kansas City Chiefs starting quarterback. He may not deliver, but again, if you don't go over and walk up to that girl, you're never going to know. Patrick Mahomes may not deliver, but he could. Alex Smith was not going to work. Alex Smith, you knew, was not going to win you a Super Bowl. Patrick Mahomes at least possibly could. Again, if you don't walk over to that girl at the dance, I guarantee she will not dance with you. You have to take your shot. You have to take a risk or else you will not succeed. What did we learn from the national championship, from the entire college football playoff? People who are willing to take risks are the guys who win. The girl may reject you, but if you don't try, you'll never know. Maybe Patrick Mahomes won't work, but if you don't try... You'll never win a Super Bowl because you didn't have a chance with Alex Smith. And you're not going to know if you're, not, you're definitely not going to win a Super Bowl if you stick with Alex Smith. If Alex Smith couldn't deliver this year with the best roster in the entire NFL, it wasn't going to happen. It just wasn't going to work. Patrick Mahomes, hey, you have a shot. You have a shot now of winning a championship. That, I think, is what went through the Kansas City Chiefs' mind. The Chiefs showed us a lot. They showed us that they believe in Patrick Mahomes. The Kansas City Chiefs believe Patrick Mahomes is their future of their franchise. They think Patrick Mahomes is a franchise quarterback. The Kansas City Chiefs believe Patrick Mahomes is capable of winning a Super Bowl. That is what we learned from the Alex Smith trade. And that is why I'm so excited, man. I really think there are good things coming the Kansas City Chiefs way again. We learned over and over again, you have to take risks. You must take risks in order to win. If you want to make a ton of money making a movie, you got to spend money to make money. You think Transformers was made for free? No, but it made billions of dollars, like, millions and millions of dollars. You got to spend a hundred million to make 200 million. All right, I'm really excited. I'm going to talk about Kirk Cousins and the Redskins in just a moment. I have a great podcast planned. I really, I'm excited, man. This is a great one. I, it's one of those, you know, it's a little late. It's later than I wanted to be, but um, I, I, you knew that was going to happen. I said last on Monday, a later podcast. But we're going to talk a lot about. Um, a lot of people are telling me the NFL is rigged, and why are people saying that? I'm going to have some fun with that topic. That'll be great. Um, a lot of interesting Patriots topics are coming up. A lot of just. The Patriots are doing interesting things. There's a lot of news about them. I'm going to talk about that. We're going to talk about LeBron James. I think he's done in Cleveland. That'll be a fun topic. The University of Central Florida is doing something incredibly annoying. I just... That'll be fun to talk about. The NFL catch rule. We're going to talk about the Cleveland Browns. And we're going to revisit the XFL at the end of the podcast. You can subscribe to Strong Opinion Sports on iTunes, on SoundCloud, and on YouTube. You can't do it on Spotify just yet. Spotify and Google Play are coming. Um, I'm sorry. I'm tired of saying that. So I'll give you guys an update on Friday. Friday, hopefully it'll be on those two platforms. If it's not, shame on me. It's found fair. It's coming very soon. I'm tired of saying it's coming soon. So I'm just going to deliver. I'm going to make it happen. Then I'll get back to you guys. Please tell your friends about Strong Opinion Sports. Help me grow this podcast by sharing this with your friends on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram. There's a link. However you're consuming the podcast on iTunes, on SoundCloud, on YouTube, there's a way to share the link. Share, link, share it with your friends on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram. If you understand Reddit, please help me out. Put it on Reddit. I don't understand how Reddit works. I read forums sometimes. They're interesting. But if you can put me on Reddit, that'd be great. It would help me a lot. All right. I want to jump into the first. Well, we talked about this trade already. I want to dive deeper into the Alex Smith trade um, because I'm pretty sure that Sam Darnold. I'm pretty sure that Sam Darnold just became the next quarterback for the Cleveland Browns last night. So the Redskins traded Alex Smith. The Redskins acquired Alex Smith in a trade with the Kansas City Chiefs. And now Kirk Cousins needs to find a new football team. So where will Kirk Cousins go? He has all kinds of options. He has the Cleveland Browns. He has the Denver Broncos, the Jacksonville Jaguars. Now, I really truly believe this decision is between the Denver Broncos and the Jacksonville Jaguars. People, people think the Browns are going there. Again, I, I hope. I want Kirk Cousins to sign for the Browns. I want good things for the Cleveland Browns. Um, but I, I, I don't think it's going to happen. Now, the Browns could offer Kirk Cousins a ton of money. Maybe that maybe that entices him, maybe it doesn't. Again, I'm rooting for the Cleveland Browns' comeback. I want the Browns to win. But the process of a turnaround is a long process. And if he goes to Jacksonville or Denver, he can win. So you can make money in Denver and Jacksonville, and you can win, whereas the Browns pretty much only offer you money and an opportunity to maybe turn around a franchise. That's cool if that works, but I just don't think it's going to happen. I think the Browns are a messy organization, and Kirk Cousins probably will not end up there. So ask yourself, do you, again, if, maybe you're mad. Maybe you don't understand why he wouldn't go to the Browns. You can sell out and make a ton of money and have a potentially miserable life. Or you can make some money, take a little less, and have fun in the playoffs with the, Brown, with the Broncos or the Jacksonville Jaguars. I don't think he goes to Cleveland. I do not believe Kirk Cousins will go to Cleveland. So then it's between the Jaguars and the Broncos. And I believe Kirk Cousins would choose the Broncos over the Jacksonville Jaguars. Jaguars. Here's why. First of all, uh, this is not even why, I just want to point out, do the Jaguars even go after Kirk Cousins? We're all assuming the Jacksonville Jaguars are going to make Kirk Cousins a big offer. Mm, I don't know. I really don't know. Like, how good is Kirk Cousins? If the Jaguars had had Kirk Cousins in the playoffs, do you think they would have beat the Patriots and be playing in the Super Bowl right now? No. No. I don't believe so. If the Jaguars had had Kirk Cousins this season, I don't think their season ends any differently. Pointing that out, I don't know. But I also want to point out this. There are two options. You could date two girls. From, well, i me use this example. If you could date two girls, one of them broke up with their boyfriend yesterday, and one of them broke up with, has been single for two years. So a girl's been single for two years, or the other girl broke up with her boyfriend yesterday. Which one do you go for? I would rather not date the girl who just broke up with her ex. I would rather avoid the girl who's still tr- crying over her ex-boyfriend. One of the teams after Kirk Cousins, the Jacksonville Jaguars, has a guy named Blake Bortles who's in the way of Kirk Cousins. So, so one team, the Jacksonville Jaguars, still has Blake Bortles. They still like Blake Bortles. Their locker room is around Blake Bortles. The other locker room, the Denver Broncos, the other option for Kirk Cousins has players openly saying they want you to come to their franchise. Vaughn Miller, one of the stars on defense for the Denver Broncos, came out today and said, Kirk Cousins can put us over the edge. Kirk Cousins can help us win a championship. I believe Kirk Cousins chooses Denver. Avoid that nasty mess that is the Jacksonville Jaguars quarterback situation. I don't think you want to go into a locker room that's divided over, oh, we want Blake, we want Kirk. I I don't want that situation. I want to go somewhere that wants me." The Denver Broncos have a great roster. They can win with Kirk Cousins. They will win tomorrow. They, I mean, they have a fantastic roster. They're just missing a quarterback. And again, the Denver Broncos want Kirk Cousins, and being wanted is half the battle, I'm telling you. The Redskins didn't want Kirk Cousins, and it drove them nuts. Really, all you got to say is hey, we're the Denver Broncos. We're going to pay you a lot of money, we're going to win a lot of games, and we want you here in Denver. That goes a long way. They also have John Elway. They have one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. He's not really, he's on a top five maybe, but he's not, he's, not, he's not Joe Montana or Tom Brady. But he's one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. I would guarantee Kirk Cousins grew up watching John Elway. And if you can be influenced by John Elway, you take that opportunity. My dad and I talk about, because uh, I struggle. I, I hate college. I want to leave, yada, yada. My dad says, the only reason you should leave college, Zach, is if you are offered a job working for Colin Coward I don't care if it's in the mailroom. if you can be around Kirk uh, if you can be around Colin Coward that's what my dad says to me My dad says if you can be around Colin Coward, your favorite broadcaster in the entire world if you can be around him you take that job because his influence could help me his influence just being around him you want that if you can be around John Elway if you can be around influence like that, I believe that's a it's a real actual thing that matters to Kirk Cousins to To learn to have to have dinner with John Elway regularly, come on, man, come on. If I'm Kirk Cousins, that actually is a big selling point to me. So ultimately, again, I believe Kirk Cousins will go to the Denver Broncos. So the Redskins have moved on from Kirk Cousins. They are replacing him with Alex Smith. and And my first my first response when I heard this, I wanted to heavily. Criticize the Redskins. My rule usually is if you're not upgrading, if you're not making your life better, you're either moving laterally or you're moving down. And if you're doing down or lateral, that's a mistake. But but let's compare. Let's, let's actually think about this. Alex Smith is 33 years old. Kirk Cousins is 29. Now, Kirk Cousins has still a lot of room to improve. And I think Kirk Cousins will still improve. He has, he's four years younger than Alex Smith. He's not... I don't think he's he's in the prime of his career, entering it right now. So I believe his next great couple years are coming up. Alex Smith is a little bit older. We know what Alex Smith is. He's good in the regular season. He doesn't deliver in big moments, and he cannot win you a Super Bowl. I will repeat, I said this earlier. Alex Smith could not win a Super Bowl this year, or even have a lot of success this year with the Kansas City Chiefs. Statistical success is not what I mean. He was a pro bowler, great, that's awesome, but that's not what I mean. Alex Smith had the best roster in the entire NFL, by far, by a long shot, and yet he underperformed. He didn't deliver. He lost in the playoffs to the Houston Texans, to the uh, Tennessee Titans. Alex Smith couldn't score in the second half of a game against the Tennessee Titans and lost in the playoffs. He completely underachieved. And if you can't win a Super Bowl or at the very least make a ton of noise with the greatest roster, with the best, most talented roster in the NFL, I don't think you can win a Super Bowl. Now, Kirk Cousins is basically the same guy. No playoff. Kirk Cousins has no playoff wins. And he's Now, we have to also have some perspective. Kirk Cousins has not had as great of a roster as Alex Smith, and Kirk Cousins could improve. You know, Alex Smith is kind of an old dog that's not going to learn new tricks. Kirk Cousins could improve some more. But currently, as of right this very moment, Alex Smith and Kirk Cousins are basically the same quarterback. They're on an equivalent plane. They're basically the same quarterback. So what the Redskins did is they got rid of Kirk Cousins, replaced him with basically the same quarterback for less money. They got a cheaper version of, I mean, literally cheaper, not not play-wise. I mean, as far as cost, they got a cheaper version of Kirk Cousins. And that's not awful. Alex Smith is not a bad quarterback. He has some experience. And let's be honest about the Redskins. The Redskins were not going to win a Super Bowl next season either way. So you can solve a problem. You can replace Kirk Cousins. You don't have to pay him all that money and you have a guy who can win you some games. I mean Kirk Alex Smith is not awful. He's good in the regular season. You'll win some games. He's not going to win you a Super Bowl, but that's what Alex Smith is. That's fine. You replace Kirk Cousins and basically got the same thing in return. Now, if I'm the Redskins, I would draft a quarterback late in the NFL draft. I mean, what that's what you do when you have a 33-year-old quarterback. If you have an older quarterback, especially if they're Alex Smith and cannot win you a Super Bowl, you're drafting a quarterback every single year. But I do not think the Redskins made a bad move by any you know, people are people are overhyping this saying, "Oh, the Redskins won the trade." They didn't. They got a good quarterback. It's not a bad move. They basically got the same exact quarterback they already had for cheaper. Good move. I support the Redskins. I think it worked out for both teams. The Chiefs now have a chance of winning a championship, and the Redskins stay afloat as a probably an eight and eight, ten win team, eight and eight to ten win team next season. They're viable. They can win games, not a Super Bowl. The Redskins are. I support this move. I think it's a good move. Good, not great. Oh, I got. I got to drink a glass of water before I, I go into this next topic. This <laughs> this next topic is ridiculous. All right, are you ready? I'm ready. Strap in, folks. This is going to be interesting. The NFL is not rigged. The NFL is not scripted. I get all kinds of comments all the stinking time for some reason. People out there, some kind of conspiracy theorists, believe that the NFL wants the Patriots to win. They're scripting the NFL. It's all predetermined. No. Have you ever watched the WWE That literally has a guy sitting in a room writing storylines to have the whole season play out a certain way. The NFL is not like that. The NFL is not rigged. Now, I don't have any delusions. I know that people who are conspiracy theorists that believe the NFL is rigged and predetermined will not change their minds, but I can try to, I I can make an attempt to change your mind. Maybe, maybe you're listening. You think the NFL is rigged. I can at least try to change your mind. So hear me out. At least hear me out. In 1948, the Cleveland Browns went 14-0. They played in the All-American Football Conference. And you're going to laugh at this, believe it or not. The Redskins, the, the, the Cleveland Browns, did I say Redskins? I meant the Cleveland Browns. In 1948, the Cleveland Browns were so dominant in the American Football Conference that people stopped watching. <laughs> Again, the Browns were so dominant in the AA. FC that they killed their league. People were not interested because the Browns were so dominant. I know that's funny to say now in 2018, but at some point in their history, the Browns were so dominant, they killed their football league. People stopped watching. Now, the NFL believes in parity or, and now if you Google parity, the state of, or the parity's definition is the state or condition of being equal. Now, back in, I believe, it was the late 50s, there was a court case, Radovich versus the NFL. And the outcome of this Supreme Court decision was the Supreme Court told the NFL they could not pool together all of the team's TV rights and sell them together as one package. And Pete Rosell, the NFL commissioner, disagreed. He said the NFL is founded on parity, the idea that all teams have equality, that all teams are equal. You can't have one team making a ton of money from TV deals while all the other teams suffer. You don't want one team dominating. That is the idea the NFL was founded on because that's what killed the AAFC. The NFL wants parity in its league. The NFL does not like the Patriots dominating. The NFL's tried to slow down the Patriots before. Again, hear me out. Recently, when they hired John Gruden... The Oakland Raiders violated the Rooney rule. Look up the Rooney rule. I don't want to get into it. It's, it's, it's kind of political. I don't want to go there. But when they violated the Rooney rule, there was no punishment. They could have been punished. They weren't. Now, Bill Belichick says he misread a memo which gave us Spygate. The Patriots were heavily punished. Tom Brady deflated footballs. A heavily a practice almost everybody does throughout all levels of football, and a lot of NFL teams do this. Yet, guess what? <laughs> the NFL came down incredibly hard on the Patriots. I have known guys who prefer deflated footballs. Some people go all the way through college and always have that. The NFL could have let the Patriots off the hook the same way they let the Oakland Raiders off the hook. But again, technically... The Patriots broke the rules, so the Patriots quarterback, Tom Brady, was given a four-game suspension. My point is, the NFL is not rooting for the Patriots. The NFL does not want the Patriots to dominate the NFL. Now, I'm not saying that the NFL hates the Patriots. The NFL simply doesn't want anybody to dominate, because domination, in theory, the way it killed the AAFC, in theory, domination is bad for a league. So the NFL, say what you want about the Patriots. The NFL does not want the Patriots dominating in the NFL, if nothing else. Maybe you hate their domination, but it's not because the NFL wants it to happen. Again, the NFL is one of the only places in the entire world where you are punished for being successful. If you win the Super Bowl, you get the last pick in the next year's NFL draft. The system is designed... For people who are losing to come back to the top. <laughs> like, the Browns went 0-16. The Browns did not win a single football game last year. So they got the first pick in the NFL draft. The Patriots, you can hate them all you want. Teach their own. I like the Patriots. You hate them. But you must acknowledge, the NFL is designed. The way the NFL has been designed is to avoid dominance. The Patriots break all those rules. No one is rigging the NFL. No one is scripting, oh, the Patriots are going to win these games, yada, yada. No. You conspiracy theorists out there, you must understand. The NFL is designed for parity. The NFL is not designed for a team like the Patriots to dominate. The NFL does not want the Patriots to win. If you believe that, you're out of your mind. NFL wants parity. The NFL does not want the Patriots to dominate. All right, I'm gonna send that clip to my professor, my Calm225 professor, because he literally talked about the 1948 Cleveland Browns today. So I'm gonna send that clip to him. I hope he enjoys it. I'm going to take a short break when I return. I'm gonna talk a lot about the Patriots. Are the Patriots distracted? I have a new perspective on the Super Bowl. I'm also gonna to touch before getting to the Patriots, I'm going to touch on the NFL catch rule. Later in the podcast, I believe LeBron James is done in Cleveland. We'll get to that. Uh, The University of Central Florida is doing something that just is annoying me so badly. I am done with it. We'll talk about the Browns. And at the very end of the podcast, I will talk about the XFL. You can subscribe to Strong Opinion Sports on iTunes, on SoundCloud, or on YouTube. You can find the full entire podcast on YouTube. You can also find my best, most interesting clips broken out into shorter videos on YouTube. We will be on Spotify and Google Play very soon. I'm tired of saying it, so let me tell you what. I'll give you some good news on Friday. I'll update you on Friday. Until then, I'm going to rest my case. Tell your friends about Strong Opinion Sports. Help me grow this podcast by telling your friends about Strong Opinion Sports. There's a way to share this podcast. If you're listening on iTunes, on SoundCloud, if you're watching on YouTube, hit the little share button and tell your friends about Strong Opinion Sports. My name is Zach Schaumler. I will be right back. All right. This is going to make a lot of people angry. I like simple, I like quick, and I like efficient. I have an Apple computer, I like Mac products. It's not perfect, but it's straightforward. I I have friends who like PCs, they use all kinds of complicated software, and they always talk about how they have more power than me. I don't really care. They also have tons of problems. A PC seems overcomplicated and not worth the trouble. And I think the NFL catch rule is very similar. Roger Goodell talked uh, about the NFL catch rule earlier this week and he said it was a concern to him. And it sounded to me it's pretty likely the NFL catch rule is going to change. Great. That's awesome. That's very good. Uh, Often I can't tell if a girl likes me. Drives me nuts. And if there was a way I could understand, hey, do you like me or do you not? I, I would absolutely love to have that. Now, the NFL catch rule is a fixable problem. I may not have clarity about the friend zone, but I can have clarity about the NFL catch rule. Again, we can change NFL rules. We can fix this. I said two months ago, we need to fix and change the NFL catch rule. We need clarity. The NFL catch rule should be very simple. I should be able to watch it and say, that's a catch That's not a catch. It shouldn't be this weird, confusing conversation where we use all this crazy dialogue that I don't understand. It needs to be very clear, very simple, and straightforward. A catch is this. If you drop the ball, it is not a catch. Catch, no catch. Clear, concise, and straightforward. Also, uh, this rule needs to change because I want more excitement. I I, would have loved if the game had ended with the Pittsburgh Steelers winning earlier this year because it would have been more interesting. I want more catches in the NFL, and Roger Goodell echoed what I said. He wants, he believes, and I believe, changing the NFL catch rule to promote excitement is a good thing. So the NFL rule change, changing the catch rule, is very good for the game of football, and I'm very excited. I think it's going to be changed this offseason. They're already in conversations. Good. That's very good. Uh, quick, easy, I wanted to say that because I just think it's a good move. We need to change the end NFL It Really, I want it clear. I want it concise. I want to understand what's happening. So I'm excited about that. Uh, this thing happened with Tom Brady. you probably heard about it. Alex Reamer, a radio host for Boston. I believe it's Boston. Some of them are in New England. It's W-E-E-I. He made a comment about Tom Brady's documentary, Tom vs. Time. I'll be quick. You've probably heard this story already. When he was asked about this, Alex Reamer said, oh, it's fine. And he mentioned a scene uh, and pre- refer to Tom Brady's daughter. He called Tom Brady's daughter an annoying little pissant. And the next day Tom Brady responded. He came on their show and he respectfully said, hey, I don't like what you said. And he cut the interview short. Now, that's all fine and dandy. That's great. I think Tom Brady handled it well. All this stuff, but I really hate the way we're covering this story. The media is completely overhyping the story, and people in the media are suddenly offended for Tom Brady. Pissant, you know what that means? It means insignificant or contemptible person or thing, basically worthless. Now, I'm not offended by this personally. I'm not offended for Tom Brady. The guy was not talking about my daughter or my brother, or my dad, Tom Brady can be offended, that's awesome, but I don't care, I I don't understand, it just would be ingenuous of me to say, oh, I'm so outraged, that guy said that, I don't know, now, I I understand why Tom Brady was bothered, I'm not taking away from that, if someone, you know, people leave comments all the time, saying awful, awful things about me, That's, that's fine and dandy, I put myself out there publicly, if you want to criticize me, great, Please don't criticize my young, my younger brother or my dad. Leave them out of this. Criticize me. That's great. Make fun of my hair. I am not. I don't have a great voice. Do all that kind of stuff. I would rather you criticize me. But I just don't understand. Even my dad, uh, I think he said something like, Jacka? I mean, he really, he criticized Alex and I'm like, I just don't care. Pissant. I've never even heard that word. I wasn't outraged by this guy making comments about someone who's not my daughter. Now, it was very stupid. I wouldn't say something like that. If I was trying to, if I had a business deal with someone, for example, one of the guests I want really badly on my show someday is Ryan Leaf. I go to Washington State University. Ryan Leaf went to Washington State University. He's been through a lot of adversity. I think him and I have similar stories. It'd be fun. That's a guest I really want. And because I want Ryan Leaf as a guest on my podcast, I would not, if even if I was going to criticize Ryan Leaf because I wanted him on my podcast to be a smart businessman, I'd be careful with my words. But pissant? I don't know. I just—I've ne- I've never, again, I've never heard that word before, and I think people are so overblown. People are, oh, I'm so offended by it. it's like, I don't care. It, that's Tom Brady's issue. That's not my issue. And, and Tom Brady did the right thing. Tom Brady said the radio host should not be fired. But let's be honest. The guy was just describing someone's actions. He wasn't saying Tom Brady's daughter is a pissant. He was saying acting like. He was, he was using descriptive words. And, and again, not something I would have said. I would never do that. But I just thought people were being a little too far. It was a lot overblown. And, and to be honest, Alex Reamer, the radio host, comments about Tom Brady's daughter just didn't bother me that much. It just – it would be disingenuous if I said, oh, I'm so outraged. I'm so angry. It, I didn't care. It wasn't – it just didn't affect me that much. It Tom Brady, I get why you're offended. If you said something about my brother, I'd be offended. But you say something about Tom Brady's daughter. It doesn't offend me personally. Does that make sense? I just oh, – it's been driving me nuts. That story is like it's, – it's so overblown. Now, I do think it's interesting. Uh, Tom Brady releases a documentary – Tom vs. Time. It's a docu-series, actually. It's a six-part series. Releases all throughout this week, and then there's going to be one episode scheduled to release after the Super Bowl. It's also interesting, Bill Belichick's um, 30 for 30, An ESPN 30 for 30, is coming out uh, within the next week. And people are so afraid that, you know, this is, you know, the WEEI radio thing and all this other stuff, and people are worried that these two... Uh, sources of media, the the content being created about Tom Brady and Bill Belichick, people are worried this is a distraction to the New England Patriots. What? Are you, you you think two documentaries, that's the big distraction. How about the giant story recently that came out that Tom Brady and Bill Belichick were at odds and that the owner disagreed with them, all this, there was like basically a major scandal between the owner, the coach and the quarterback of the New England Patriots And that came out a few weeks ago, and yet the Patriots were completely unfazed. Like actual real drama came out, and it didn't didn't affect anyone. It was fine. The Patriots were fine. So you think that two documentaries, a docu-series and a 30 for 30, you think those are going to affect the Patriots? (laughs) No. No, 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 no. The Patriots will not lose focus. That's absurd. The Patriots are in Minneapolis on a business trip. They're acting that way. I just – I I, just, I, I can't believe you would think that something as minute as that could distract from the Patriots. Like Tom Brady doesn't even – people are always tweeting about it. That must be a distraction. Tom Brady doesn't operate his Twitter. He's a he's a multimillionaire. He has other people making – I mean have you, you ever, you ever watched a documentary? He has people doing all kinds of stuff for him on his property. Tom Brady doesn't operate his own Twitter. Like, you think the TB Times releases after every game Tom Brady plays in. You think that is something Tom Brady draws himself on his iPad? No way! The Patriots are not going to be distracted by the 30 for 30. They're not going to be distracted by Tom versus Time. Heck, they weren't even distracted by the giant actual story that came out on ESPN a couple weeks ago. The Patriots will not be distracted. They're here on a business trip, and they're probably going to win the Super Bowl. I did watch, um, episode three of Tom versus time. And I will admit it was kind of weird. Uh, they were talking about how on, on the show, there was a a scene where they're talking about how Julian Edelman needs to train, uh, the way he needs, needs to change the way he trains and train the way Tom Brady does. And then a couple minutes later in the documentary, uh, is a scene where Julian Edelman tears his ACL. And I'll be honest, it did feel a little bit preachy. I understand maybe why Alex Guerrero was pulled out of that locker room because it's like, oh, if you're doing that, if you're like undermining everyone else, if you're like criticizing other people, it's fine to do your thing. It's another thing to tell other people they should do it. It's like when people come to, they they like shove things down. Like religion is a big one. Believe what you believe, don't shove it down my throat. That makes sense. Do you? I don't have to do what you do though. And it felt kind of weird. Like, I just, I don't know. Like they were trying to, they were being preachy about it. Do my method. My method's better than yours. You got injured because you didn't do my method. I p- wanted to point out in episode three of Tom vs. Time that made me slightly uncomfortable. Now I love Tom vs. Time. I-, I really enjoy it. I think it's great. It makes Tom Brady, uh, it's like it humanizes Tom Brady. It really does. It inspires me. I watch it. I'm like, oh, I want to be just like that guy. I want to have work ethic and dedication like Tom Brady. It's really cool to see a little bit of his life, even if it's fake. I, I, I don't think it is. I, I really think, I mean, they're obviously framing him a certain way, but I like it. Makes me more of a fan of Tom Brady. It was, I will admit, a weird time. You know, to release a docuseries right before the Super Bowl is kind of a weird time. But I would argue, well, when can you release it? Because if you lose, say, for example, say the Patriots lost in the playoffs to the Jaguars. Well, if you release this whole long documentary about Tom Brady working hard, chasing his dreams, trying to do this and that after 40, it would feel pretty weird because it's like uh, you uh, you failed. And if you wait till after the Super Bowl, but you lose the Super Bowl again, that's weird because his whole pursuit hes after 40, all this stuff. And, oh, we already know you lost. So this whole thing has no, there's no drama behind this. Actually, I truly believe that they released Tom versus time at the perfect time. Here's the release schedule. Episode three is out. Part four of Tom versus Time releases tomorrow, which is Thursday, and part five of Tom versus Time. There are six parts. Part five releases the morning of the Super Bowl, which means part six will release after the Super Bowl. I presume this will be Tom Brady's thoughts post Super Bowl. Either way, what happens? You win because you're telling a story. You worked so hard. You're 40. You went through five episodes. All this buildup. And then if you lose, it's interesting. And if you win, it's interesting. So creatively, artistically, the way they released Tom versus Time is perfect. Now, you can argue, well, maybe there's no good way to release it. Then you shouldn't do it at all. Tom Brady's trying to improve his brand. He's trying to extend himself beyond football. This is how you do it. I heard a thing recently. No one cares about what you have to say Unless they know how much you care about what you're saying. So I can talk about, uh, I'm trying to think of an example. If you don't know Tom Brady's story, does it matter as much? If you don't know that he was a sixth round pick, he was overlooked. He almost cried when he talked about it. If you don't know all of that, you don't appreciate Tom Brady the same way. Tom Brady has to tell his story if if you want to relate with Tom Brady. I mean, again, it humanizes Brady. It makes Brady seem like a real person. You see him and his wife conversing after he loses a game. They go 2-2, and and Tom Brady's upset. And you see his wife consoling him. I'm like, that's cool. That's interesting. It makes me like and care about Tom Brady. All right. Um, I have two interesting thoughts about the Super Bowl. They're fun. They're interesting. I'm excited. Here are my two interesting thoughts about the Super Bowl. One is that everyone is saying the Eagles have better players than the New England Patriots. I mean, I I believe this is a narrative the media is trying to push to drum up interest. People are trying to push, oh, the Eagles have better players. They're trying to make it more interesting. The Eagles have better players than the Patriots. So what? Who cares? The Pittsburgh Steelers had three Hall of Famers. They had far better players, and yet they lost. The Jacksonville Jaguars had a better roster than the Patriots, and yet, bye-bye, they lost. They lost. The Kansas City Chiefs, the best roster in the entire NFL. Where are they? They're watching from home. See, coaching matters. Now, uh, if there's a huge talent discrepancy, coaching matters less. So, um, for example, South Dakota Western, no matter how well they are coached, a South Dakota Western football team is never going to beat Alabama. Because you have a ton of talent versus basically no talent. No matter how well you coach that team, they're not going to beat Alabama. But in the NFL, everybody's talented. Everyone is at least pretty good in the NFL. The talent level is much closer. The variation is not as far. And some talent with great coaching beats and is better than a ton of incredible talent with average coaching. At the end of the day, coaching and having a great quarterback is the most important thing in the NFL. Coaching, great coaching can overcome a lack of talent. I'm not worried at all. And since when has a lack of talent ever been a problem for the Patriots before? What are they known for? The Patriots are known for taking people who are underappreciated and winning championships with them. Now, here's a, here's a, a crazy thought. Number two is a stat. Here's a stat for you. The Patriots have never scored in the first quarter of all 7 of their Super Bowls and all 7 of the Super Bowls the Patriots have been in they have never scored in the first quarter. Oh, man, I said in I said in my Super Bowl prediction that halftime matters. So what this means to me is if the Patriots are losing in the first quarter don't panic. Relax. It's probably what's going to happen. The Patriots are probably going to be down 10-0 or 7-0. Or maybe it'll be tied. And you're like, why haven't the Patriots scored yet? They never score in the first quarter. So I'm saying this now. For you watching the Super Bowl in the future, relax. When the the Patriots do not score in the first quarter, don't panic. They'll be fine. What's going to happen is they're going to get to halftime, make a bunch of adjustments, and ultimately win the game. Now. Now. What this also tells us, the fact that the Patriots have never scored in the first quarter of any of their seven Super Bowls is that if the Patriots do score in the first quarter, if the Patriots take their first drive and go down the field and score a touchdown, the Eagles are screwed. <laughs> if the Patriots can score on their first drive, this will be a blowout because the Eagles do not want to play from behind. The Eagles have a a, a backup quarterback and a great running game. If you have to play from behind, if the Eagles are losing, they're going to have to trust Nick Foles to throw the ball a lot more and they carry your football team to victory. And let's be honest about Nick Foles. No, you need to play with a lead. You cannot play with Nick Foles from behind. Do not do I, I just I do not trust Nick Foles to throw the ball and carry your franchise in the Super Bowl. I do not. So just remember The Patriots are losing in the first quarter. If the Patriots don't score in the first quarter, don't panic. Relax. They're going to make halftime adjustments. And the fact they don't have as good of players doesn't matter because coaching matters. And at the end of the game, when it matters most, the Patriots are going to have better situational football. They're going to tighten up at halftime. We may see the Patriots get punched in the face in the first half of the Super Bowl, but they're going to make adjustments and they're going to respond and the Patriots will win the Super Bowl. Heard it first. All right, I, I uh, I'm worn out with the Patriots. I've been talking about the Patriots a lot. I do have one more story. I'm gonna, I'm gonna I'm gonna push it back. So I'm gonna push back my last Patriots story to the end of the show. I'm going to take a short break. Up next, when I return, I'm gonna talk about LeBron James. He's leaving Cleveland. Why he's leaving Cleveland? Why I believe that. I'm gonna talk about something the University of Central Florida is doing that is incredibly annoying, driving me nuts. We're gonna talk about the Cleveland Browns. We're going to talk about the XFL. And again, at the end, we're going to talk about, here's the story. The the story is, I do the Patriots trade Rob Gronkowski. Will they? Will they not? We'll talk about that up ahead. You can subscribe to Strong Opinion Sports on iTunes, on SoundCloud, and on YouTube. It's coming to Google Play and Spotify soon. I'll get back to you on Friday. I'll tell you more about that later. You can find the full entire podcast on YouTube. You can also find my short breakouts of my own most interesting clips in shorter videos. Tell your friends about strong opinion sports. Help me grow this podcast by telling your friends about it. There's a way to share the link on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram, put it on Reddit. I don't understand Reddit and I need your help because I don't understand it. And the videos do not make sense. I'm trying to learn Reddit and the videos are just not helpful on YouTube. And that's how I learn everything. It's how I learned to edit videos was through YouTube. So if you can put this podcast on Reddit or on a forum or anywhere, Help me grow this podcast by sharing this with your friends. My name is Zach Shomler. I will be right back. Oh, man. Uh, LeBron James is done in Cleveland. I said it. I will say it again. LeBron James is done in Cleveland. Uh, a couple reasons. A lot of reasons. First, Kevin Love just fractured his hand. He will be out for the six-day weeks. For the next two months, Kevin Love will not be playing uh, for the Cleveland Cavaliers. And this significantly, I believe, this significantly hurts the Cleveland Cavaliers' chances of not only winning the finals, they were already at risk of not having that happen. This now puts them at risk to even making it to the NBA Finals. Um, It's it's really bad. And this also, what this does, Kevin Love's injury affects the Cleveland Cavaliers at the trade deadline. Uh, I just read an article that said the Cavs' front office mistakes are frustrating LeBron and his team. Because of the injury, the Cavs now may not make a trade to push for the finals. If they think their chances of even making it to the finals are now significantly lower, they're not going to say, because I, I I've was, i been saying for a long time, shoot for the moon. This is your chance. You got to go for it. If they feel like they don't have a chance, they're not going to make a trade. And LeBron James wants them to make a trade. Uh, another thing I said, it's a... I read that LeBron James says he history's been repeating. So LeBron James didn't say this. I read an article that talked about how the history's repeating in Cleveland. How last time when LeBron James left Cleveland and went to Miami, he left because he was not getting the uh, support, the front office. Uh, he was not getting support from the front office. He was not getting enough support and enough help from the Cleveland Cavaliers front office, and it's happening again. Again, he wants them to make a trade. He's been quoted recently saying, I want help. Uh, he's been quoted recently talking about the double standard of NBA player movement, which means to me, I mean, he was, he was asked specifically about the Blake Griffin trade, but what this tells me is that the thought of player movement is in LeBron James' head. This thought is in his mind. I'm going to play a clip. Here's what LeBron James said about player movement in the NBA. Yeah, when a player gets traded, it's, they was doing what's best for the franchise. But when a player decides to leave, it's he's not loyal. He's a snake. He's, uh, he's not committed. It's just a, that's the that's the narrative of how, how it goes. So uh, I'm definitely I, I know that firsthand. So put all this together, Kevin loves injury, he's not getting support from the Cleveland Cavaliers front office, he's been talking about what happens when players move, all this combined tells me LeBron James is done in Cleveland, he's moving out, he's shipping out, he's going to find somewhere else to play next season, I mean it's been a mess, it's been a long year, it's been a rough year, I think LeBron James is done, he's ready to move on from Cleveland. Now, I do not know where LeBron James is going to go next. I hope, I really hope he goes to the Los Angeles Lakers. It's been interesting recently. People have been talking about, there's been all these rumors. Oh, the Clippers. The Los Angeles Clippers. Cleveland, uh, Los Angeles' second-rate basketball team, the number two basketball team in LA, is trying to get LeBron James. The Clippers are going after LeBron James. (sighs) <sighs> yeah, I understand. I, I get why they would want to do that. I mean, look, you got to go on a limb. You got I, I, to... I, I said, if there's a girl at a dance, I said about this in the beginning of the podcast, if you're at a dance and time is winding down, you've had a crush on this girl all year, there's three songs left, you got to go take a chance. If you don't shoot your shot now, you'll miss your opportunity. So I think you got to take risks. That's how you win. So I think it's a good move that the Clippers are trying to get LeBron James. However... I do not believe if LeBron James goes to L.A. that he will go to the Clippers. Because if LeBron James goes to Los Angeles to play basketball, he's going to go to the Los Angeles Lakers. Two big brands collide. The Lakers and LeBron James. Bam! That's a great marriage. And it's interesting, people are saying, uh, on Twitter at least, I haven't read this in the media, people are saying, well, LeBron James wouldn't go to the Lakers because he doesn't want to deal with LeVar Ball. Or Alonzo Ball, you think Le- You think LeBron James is losing any sleep, or even changing anything he's doing because of anybody in the Ball family? No, no way. Now I do think it's an interesting scenario if LeBron James says I don't, and I don't think this would happen. By the way, I do think LeBron James would want to play with Lonzo. They would play well together. But let's imagine LeBron James says, "I don't want to play with Lonzo Ball." What do the Lakers do? I think, legitimately, I do not know what you do. Because Lonzo Ball potentially is your future. Brandon Ingram, Kyle Kuzma, Lonzo Ball, these are your three guys that are the future of your franchise. And we saw recently that the Lakers let Kobe Bryant lord over their franchise in his late years. And you don't want to make that same mistake again. You don't want an aging LeBron who can't play anymore in a couple years dominating the Lakers franchise And holding it hostage the same way Kobe Bryant did. So the Clippers, I doubt he goes there. I think he goes, if he goes to LA, he goes to the Lakers. I have no idea where he's going to go. It's too early to know. Uh, I I just really don't know. I think Houston would be interesting, but people are saying Houston's not where he's going to go. I don't know. But I will say this. When I think about Los Angeles, I think about the Lakers. I do not think the LA Clippers. I think the LA Lakers. Lakers, they're the big brand. And LeBron James is concerned about legacy. A few years with the Clippers, you know what that reminds me of? If LeBron James, in the end of his career, goes and plays for the Clippers, that reminds me a lot of when Michael Jordan went to the Washington Wizards at the end of his career. It's like, who? It doesn't work. Not interesting. If you're gonna go, like when you think Dallas, what do you think? The Cowboys. When you think Texas football, you think of the Longhorns or the Dallas Cowboys. You do not think about the Houston Texans. LeBron James is one of the biggest brands in the entire world. I I believe. I hope I'm wrong. It'd be interesting. It'd be really interesting if you went to the Clippers, actually, because it'd be so, it'd be a huge surprise. So maybe I'm gonna be dead wrong about this, but I truly believe. If LeBron James goes to L.A., he goes to the Lakers. He does not go to the Clippers. UCF is doing something incredibly annoying. It's driving me nuts. They have proclaimed themselves the University of Central Florida, who did go undefeated this year. I'll give them that. They went undefeated. They beat Auburn in a bowl game but UCF, University of Central Florida's football team, is proclaiming themselves the national champion. champions. They are not national champions. Can we deal in reality? Like It's it's hilarious to me. I, I just I don't understand. Uh, a, a player for Alabama tweeted this. I'm going to put it on the screen right now. I forget his name. I wish I had it written down. I don't, but it's right there. You can read it. Um, he made a really funny point. He talked about how uh, yeah, they have all these celebrations. I mean, the University of Central Florida had a block party celebrating their national, end quotes, their national championship. It's like, so this guy tweeted. He said, "Oh, the, the, those pictures are great, but uh, do you have any pictures holding the trophy?" Oh, you don't. <laughs> I don't think. I think it's hilarious. I think it's really funny. He's got a point. Like, I understand the feeling of being snubbed. I understand why University of Central Florida feels like they're being left out. But you're not national champions let's just deal in reality alabama won the national championship university of central florida did not win the national championship and this has been driving me nuts fact versus fiction fact alabama won the national championship fiction central florida won the national championship one is true one is not and I don't want to talk about things that are not true. It's not fun to me. It's not interesting. And I get maybe they're trying to say they're trying to make a point. We should have made it in. We beat Auburn, a huge SEC team. We should have gotten a better chance. Maybe, but this is really annoying. You didn't win the national championship. Go away. I don't want to hear about it. I just it's like ugh. you didn't win the national championship. Another brief story I want to talk about. Um, I'm watching the senior bowl and I'm hearing, I mean, I was obsessed with the senior bowl. I really was. I watched a ton of interviews. I was all in on all the content all week. It was like, if I'm either in class, I'm recording a podcast or I'm sitting on my phone following stuff about the senior bowl. The senior bowl again is the kind of the college all-star game. It's where all the, the best, uh, highly thought of seniors and draft prospects are all meet in Mobile, Alabama to play a kind of a, a an all-star game of college football players before the NFL draft. And there were two teams. There was a North team and the South team. The North team was coached by Bill O'Brien and the Houston Texans coaching staff. And Sorry, that was the South team. And the Broncos, uh, Vance Joseph and the Broncos staff coached the North team in the Senior Bowl. And I thought it was very interesting when talking about coaches and scouts were talking about practices. They said Bill O'Brien had very organized, detailed practices. And Vance Joseph, who is the Broncos' head coach, had confusing and disorganized practices. And what it was even more interesting to me and why I cared about this story was they compared it to Hugh Jackson. So Hugh Jackson is the Cleveland Browns' head coach. And he was one of the coaches at the Senior Bowl last year. They said Vance Joseph's confusing and disorganized practices were a lot like Hugh Jackson's confusing disorganized practices. And I, what I learned was... Apparently, the Cleveland Browns head coach was not organized last year when he did the senior bowl. It was confusing and, and just a mess. And that is very bad news for the Cleveland Browns. let to be honest, about Hugh Jackson, Hugh Jackson, the head coach of the Cleveland Browns, who did not win a single game last year. He went 0-16 and he was not fired. Now, it makes sense to me. I think that, you know... It, uh, who are you going to replace the Cleveland Browns head coach with? Who wants to be the Cleveland Browns head coach? Nobody. And you have a guy who seems like he's competent. Keep him. But we also have to be honest, if there's no improvement early in the season, he's done. He's out. If he doesn't show some kind of inkling of success, he's not going to be the head coach of the Cleveland Browns for much longer after that. Another thing that's interesting is some people I've talked to recently believe that the cleveland browns are absolutely hopeless i hope this isn't true but my friend recently said to win in the nfl what you need is a good owner a good coach and a good quarterback and he said until the browns are sold to a different owner the browns cannot win and i i i really hope this isn't true because I want to see the Browns turn it around. I want to see the Browns turn it around in 2018. I want Sam Darnold to be drafted there. And I want to see the Browns win some games. But he's got a point. And I'm, I'm concerned. Because whether it's the coach or the owner or the quarterback. Right now, potentially the Browns could have none of the three you need. So I, I want so badly for the Browns to turn it around. I hope they draft Sam Darnold. I've met Sam Darnold. I like Sam Darnold. I believe in Sam Darnold. I'm I'm concerned. And I really hope Hugh Jackson is the coach I want him to be. I hope he's the best coach in the NFL. I really, because I'm rooting for him. I want him to succeed. But when I heard that he had disorganized and confusing practices last year at the Senior Bowl, it did concern me. It did concern me. All right, let's talk about the Patriots. I, I said I was going to move the story to the end. I, I do have a, a good, interesting topic about the Patriots. Should the Patriots trade? Rob Gronkowski. I would not be shocked if the Patriots were to trade Rob Gronkowski this offseason. Um, first of all, it seems like Rob Gronkowski is always injured, and in the past, the way the Patriots have operated is that they trade their older veterans before it's too late. Like they traded, Randy, they got rid of Randy Moss before it was too late. They got rid of Wes Welker before he was no good. They tr- they get rid of people before they peter out and aren't successful. They get value for them while they still can. However, the Patriots recently have changed the way they operate, because in the past they've accumulated draft picks, and they don't seem to be doing that anymore. The Patriots seem to value veterans over draft picks, which is a, a culture change. So here's why I do not think the Patriots will get rid of Rob Gronkowski. I'm making a prediction. It's also what I believe. It's what I think they think, and it's what I think. We'll see if I'm right. It'll be fun to figure out. But here's why I do not think Rob Gronkowski will be traded by the Patriots. Again, the Patriots don't seem to care about draft picks. They care more about veterans. And even if you are to trade Rob Gronkowski, Rob Gronkowski is not worth a lot. He, the market for Rob Gronkowski is pretty weak. Because he's not reliable. I feel like every time I turn around and come back, he's injured. Every time I turn my back, Rob Gronkowski gets injured again. He's not reliable. And... The Patriots are fine without Gronk. They won a Super Bowl last year without Rob Gronkowski. They completed their whole comeback against the Jacksonville Jaguars without Rob Gronkowski. But I will point out when Rob Gronkowski's healthy, he's just a matchup nightmare. He's too quick for linebackers and he's too big and strong for corners to cover him. And in the red zone, he's incredible. Oh, man. Plus, I actually think the fact that he's injury prone and injured all the time is actually a strength for the New England Patriots because there's that mystery. Is Rob going to be healthy? Is he not? We, which Patriots team are we going to have to deal with? The Patriots team that has a healthy Rob Gronkowski or an injured Rob Gronkowski? So I, I think that Rob Gronkowski is going to stay in a Patriots uniform. As long as Rob Gronkowski is effective when he's healthy and as long as the market for Rob Gronkowski is not very good, if you can't get a lot for him, the Patriots will keep Rob Gronkowski. And I got to say, whoever makes a trade for Rob Gronkowski is an absolute sucker. Who are the two people you don't trade with? You don't trade with Bill Belichick and you don't trade with Danny Ames because people have gotten burned a lot. I, I wouldn't even say trade. I would say, look at who the Patriots have released recently. Remember Martellus Bennett, the uh, the tight end to help the Patriots win the Super Bowl last year? They didn't re-sign him. He went to the Packers, and he did absolutely nothing. He was worthless. And, and Rob Gronkowski, if you trade for Rob Gronkowski, you are a sucker. Because he's been inconsistent. He's been injured all the time. And very similar to Mar- Martellus Bennett, Ligaris Blunt, all kinds of guys over the years, the Patriots know how to use Rob Gronkowski better than anybody else. And I see Rob Gronkowski going to another team and being a train wreck. It wouldn't work. All right, I'm going to talk about one last thing today. I'm going to talk about the XFL. Now, I have already talked about this, but I have a new, a little bit of a new wrinkle and a lot of stuff I've already said. So if you don't care, hey, you might exit right now. If so, subscribe, share with your friends, help me out. Uh, if you haven't exited right now, though, I'm going to talk about the XFL. I'm going to share some new stuff and a lot of old stuff. Because I, I didn't like my t- – I'll be quite frank. I didn't like what I said about the XFL last week. It was – because I tried to make interesting clips and put them out in the videos on YouTube. And I didn't feel like I was very organized. I screwed up a name. I missed a point that wasn't great. Um, so I want to revisit the XFL right now. When I heard that the XFL was making a comeback – I was just like, why? Why? I have no interest in the XFL. I don't want that. I don't need that. I mean, we already have a problem with the level of play in football. There's already a ton of bad football on television. My biggest problem with college poor technique and bad coaching. And there's bad football everywhere. There's high school football being played on TV, there's college football. I have no interest. I want to watch the NFL. I want to watch the top level of play. I want to watch great, comp- great, well-played football. The NFL is my favorite brand of football because it's really high quality. I don't want to watch a low-quality brand of football. I just have no interest. I don't care. And we don't need the XFL. We don't. There's already so much of my time taken up by the NFL. You want to add another league to that? A a a bad version, a cheap version of what's already great. I don't want more of that. No, I don't want I don't want more football and a less a bad version of football. We don't need the XFL. Now I think maybe there are people out there who are curious to see if the XFL can make it out. but maybe there are people who will watch initially. But I think most people are like me. Most people are like,, ah, let's wait and see what happens. I'm not going to invest early in the XFL. I'm not going to watch it. but if they prove themselves, maybe I'll come around. The, the the XFL needs to prove its worth. Can the XFL give me interesting content? Can they be a good, interesting league with quality content? I don't know. It's it's a wait and see. I'm not going to watch in the early years. It's a long-term investment. So Vince McMahon, the CEO of the WWE, is behind all of this. He's the guy, the mastermind behind the XFL. And my question for Vince McMahon and for everybody he's working with, how much money and how much time do you have? Are you willing to hemorrhage money? Are you willing to lose millions of dollars for a few years until the NFL is financially viable? Because you're not just going to lose a little bit of money. You're going to hemorrhage money. You're going to lose a ton of money, millions and millions of dollars, because you have to pay a lot of players. You have to get stadiums. Like the, an NFL salary cap is $200 million. So, I, And I don't think that the XFL is going to have as big of salary caps. But let's assume that you have a $50, 000, $50 million salary cap. And I mean, I don't know. I'm just making up numbers. I don't know. But you're going to lose millions and millions of dollars because it's not going to be financially viable at first. And are you willing to lose money for a couple of years until the XFL is financially viable. And not only you, Vince McMahon, not only do you have to be patient, you have to get 12 other, at least 12 other billionaires to be patient with you. Are you and your partners willing to lose a lot of money until the XFL is financially viable? But even then, even if you are patient, you still need to put out a good product. You still need to give us something. You need to deliver. And I don't think they can. People are saying, oh, well, the XFL is probably going to get Johnny Menzel and Tim Tebow. I'll be honest. I don't want to watch either of them play football. I want high quality football. Tim Tebow, Johnny Menzel, that's not high quality football. A Tim Tebow wouldn't even play in the Canadian Football League. What makes you think he's going to leave his great, he has a great broadcasting gig. What makes you think he's going to leave his fantastic broadcasting gig, Tim Tebow? What makes you think he's going to leave that and join the XFL when he couldn't even, you couldn't even get him to play in the Canadian Football League? And again, even if Tim Tebow plays, I don't Want to watch Tim Tebow. I don't want to watch Tim Tebow struggle to throw a football ever again in my life. I don't want to do it. I have no interest. I don't care about the XFL. I already have the NFL. The NFL is awesome. NFL is great. I love the combine. I love the draft. I love the regular season. I love the postseason. I love the Super Bowl. I love all of it. And the NFL basically is 10 months of my entire year. Every year. I don't care about the XFL, and I don't want the XFL. And it's funny, like people, Vince McMahon is saying, "We're gonna solve the national anthem issue." Yeah, the XFL is gonna solve the national anthem issue. Great, uh, but the XFL doesn't even start until 2020 at the soonest. You think the national anthem is still gonna be an issue in 2020? You don't really believe that? Because I don't. I just I think we're a society that moves along and has trends that go in and out very quickly. I would ho- certainly hope that in 2 years from now by 2020 we'll be we'll be through this and we'll have some kind of solution. So that's that's a poor excuse. You're just trying to you're trying to gain the PR move right now. I do not believe in the XFL as a product. I doubt they have patience to lose millions of dollars until it becomes financially successful, financially viable. So my prediction is, will the XFL succeed? <laughs> no. No. The XFL will not succeed. I take strong opinions. That's the name of the show. I I choose right or wrong, black and white, right or left. I make strong opinions. Maybe I'm wrong, but I'm not afraid to be wrong. I do not have any faith in the XFL. My name is Alex Schaumler. Thank you so very much for tuning in. You can subscribe to Strong Opinion Sports on iTunes, on SoundCloud, on YouTube, eventually Google Play and Spotify. Hopefully, I'll have good news about that on Friday. Tell your friends about Strong Opinion Sports. Help me grow my audience. Help me grow this podcast by telling your friends. About strong opinion sports. Share the link on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram, on Reddit, however you want. If you could put it on Reddit, I don't understand Reddit. I've been ranting about this for a couple weeks now. I don't understand Reddit. And the videos are really confusing and I can't figure out how it works. So if you could help me put strong opinion sports on Reddit, that'd be a huge help. Again, thank you so very much for listening. Do you like my shirt? This is my favorite shirt in the world. I love it. It doesn't really fit me around the neck as well, but I love it. Thank you so much for listening. Tell me about the shirt, and I hope you have a great day, everybody. Thank you so much. Bam bum boom. We are done.